In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello, and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Remy. And I'm Emily. And today we have some DS teachable moments mm-hmm. and some listener DMs that I'm very excited to get into. Yeah. Okay. So, this first one, when we had what the actual fork on, we asked, what is the difference between disordered eating and an eating disorder? And they were like, it's on the site. Check it out. And we know some of you. You maybe don't want to do some reading. So we're going to do some light reading for you. Yeah. And I never want to do reading. So I sympathize. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know how to read, guys. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, this is actually, it's it's an important distinction to make. When Sam Previtt and Jenna Werner were on, the basic consensus Mm -hmm. from them was that the difference is on a diagnostic level that to get diagnosed with an eating disorder, typically you need to be in that quote underweight range. Mm -hmm. And in reality, it just doesn't get to that point for so many people. So much so that if you are in a bigger body with an eating disorder, they'll call it an atypical eating disorder when really Mm -hmm. it's way more typical than actually being in that underweight category. But there are some other distinctions. So let's get into it. It's a long article. Strap in. We all have our idiosyncrasies around eating. So when do our behaviors around eating become a problem? When are our eating patterns considered disordered and when are they considered an eating disorder? What defines normal eating, in quotes, and is there even such a thing? Is the fact that I eat virtually the same thing for breakfast every day problematic? Does having rigid rules around eating, for example, refraining from eating carbs or being gluten-free without a celiac disease diagnosis, indicate a problem? How are we supposed to eat? What did cavemen eat? For those who have heard of the paleo diet, the meal plan is based on foods consumed during the Paleolithic era, including a low intake of carbohydrates and a high intake of animal protein. However, a University of Chicago study indicates that cavemen did consume carbohydrate-rich food, and furthermore, the body's demand of glucose for brain development could not have been met without a diet rich in carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So how do we determine what to eat? The human brain is pretty miraculous in that it knows what our bodies require in order to continually rebuild our cells and maintain health. We should not be telling our body what it needs through a premeditated food plan. The brain will provide our bodies with internal cues and signal what we need from our food in order to remain nourished. 
We are the experts of our own bodies. We know when we are hungry and we know when we are full or satiated. If we truly listen to our bodies, it will guide us to body supportive eating. Therefore, normalized or non-disordered eating can be defined as food consumption based on attunement to internal messages around what the body needs. Eating comes naturally and easily when hungry and ceases at a point of fullness. Furthermore, a variety of foods are a necessary part of daily intake. Food should be eaten throughout the day to maintain energy levels as needed with hunger and thirst serving as reminders. At this point, let's revisit the topic of disordered eating. Yes, let's. Oh, let's. Many people actually live with some form of disordered eating. Dieting, restrictive food programs, behaviors, and even guilt or shame about eating can be signs of disordered eating. However, and most importantly, disordered eating does not interfere with daily life. People who are disordered eaters are able to comfortably eat at any restaurant and really have no desire to change their eating habits. An eating disorder Mm. exists when an individual's disordered eating patterns inhibit normal life functioning. Mm. There is an obsession around food, body image, and other eating disorder thoughts and behaviors. Many eating disorder behaviors exist in disordered eating as well. However, the level of obsession in eating disorders impairs focus, the ability to stay present, Mm. sleep, as well as many other aspects of life. The behaviors become out of control to the point where the individual may receive a diagnosis by a professional using the DSM-5. The Diagnostic and Static Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition. Thanks for the clarification. Yep. It is a serious mental illness. Eating disorders affect 9% of the population. Mm-hmm. And so I think what they're saying there is it is something that is diagnosed. So you might have one right now, but if it's not diagnosed, you might feel uncomfortable saying that you have one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are at the point where it is getting in the way of your life, I think we recommend going to a dietitian or a therapist. Totally. I mean, I, I definitely would recommend seeing a doctor and a therapist if you have disordered eating as well. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's it's something that can be really, really helpful. But you might not get diagnosed is the thing. Mm-hmm. Th- this is why it's a tricky topic because you might still not get diagnosed if they don't detect anything crazy out of control or um, if you're not in that underweight range. So I think you actually can self-diagnose it, but mm-hmm. it would be based on, on, like the article says, the level of obsession and the level that it is interfering with your life. Yeah. Like, for example, I wouldn't go to birthday parties because I was scared right. that the food wasn't safe. You know, right. like if your life is being interrupted by your food behaviors, mm-hmm. then I would say it's pretty safe to say that's an yeah. eating disorder. And they finish up to say it is important that someone experiencing an eating disorder seeks treatment with a therapist specialized in treating eating disorders. Many professionals have a certification from IAEDP, the International Association of Eating Disorders Professionals. And treatment for eating disorders include a treatment team of professionals required to treat both the mental and physical aspects of the disease because we must eat to live. If you or a loved one need assistance finding help for an eating disorder, you may contact the Alliance for Eating Disorders Awareness at 866-662-1235. Call Salino. <laughs> and bombs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that clarifies it 
a little bit more than mm-hmm. we did. But it's such a tricky thing. It really is. That, I mean, I even go back and forth with like, oh, did I did I have an eating disorder? Or did I just have disordered eating? Because I never got that diagnosis. Mm. And that's why I'm always reminding people like, I think we get hung up on the diagnosis part of it a little bit too much. Can I ask about that? So you were in treatment and nobody ever diagnosed you fully? Well, I wasn't in a treatment facility. I saw a a therapist individually who was a part of the EDRC, which is the Eating Disorder Resource Center. Uh Um, But it was individually. So I never even had any kind of exam that would have diagnosed me. Mm. Um, But do you think that I had one was important? Yeah. Is it important to hear it in your recovery? uh, Okay. Like, this is what's so tough about it, because there's this mentality that a lot of us have that's like, well, I never got that diagnosis, so mm-hmm. I, I was never sick enough to qualify, or mm-hmm. I don't deserve recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try not to get too hung up on the the labels, because A, if you feel like it's disrupting your life, mm-hmm. that's important, and that's something, like, you deserve to heal from that, yeah. even if you haven't lost, you know, half your body weight, or even if you're not... Even if you're still able to function, if you feel like yeah. it is disrupting, I just think everyone deserves recovery. And weight loss isn't like, the, I mean, you were saying a lot of people who aren't below their weight or have eating disorders, whether it is a type that makes you restrict and not eat, or if it's a binge eating disorder, like right. there are many different eating disorders. Yeah. It's just saying that you're not listening to your body right now. Totally. Or you could have both. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people never become underweight, but they're abusing their bodies. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was abusing my body. I would have periods of heavy, heavy restriction and then periods of binge eating and purging. Mm -hmm. So yes, while my body was technically getting enough calories to be in that quote healthy range. Your brain wasn't healthy. My brain wasn't healthy. And and also like my body wasn't healthy. Yeah. Like even though, and, the, and that's why you just can't go by like, oh, this is technically, I, I'm still at a healthy weight because when you have an eating disorder, you twist that in your brain to like, I never got that diagnosis. I was never underweight. I don't deserve recovery. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very common thing. And I just don't believe in that at all. I don't believe you need to be in a hospital bed or on life support or, you know, whittled away to nothing. Mm-hmm. To, to self-diagnose and to say, like, this is really disrupting my this life. This is taking up three hours of my day or nine hours of my day. I thought that was really cool when Sam was sharing how they, um, like, diagnose people and treat people. Was that, like, sheet of a bunch of yeah. stuff that you would check off? Yeah. And, again, I think you could self-diagnose at home, but it is probably more comfortable for a lot of people to do it with a professional. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, another thing is you might – you might see a doctor and they might have absolutely no idea what's going on. But if you want help, you can seek out specifically, it says it in this article, doctors and therapists who specialize in eating disorder, Mm -hmm. treatment and recovery. And that's always a good option if you can find it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they're located in other cities, but the EDRC was a really good resource for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would recommend checking that out. They also have a a group therapy thing, at least right, here right, in New right, York right. City. At the time, I I found it more helpful than no therapy at all. Mm-hmm. Group. 
group. But what ended up being really helpful, I get lost in a group. Like Mm. I'll let other people talk about their problems and then the whole hour will go by and I I will not say anything. Hard to remember confidence and speaking up when you're already battling something else. For sure. And then you hear all these other people and you're like, wait, they have it way worse than me. Or, you know, you start playing the comparison game a little bit. Compare and despair, my friend. It's so true. Yeah. Um, But through that group, I actually was connected to an individual therapist who knew so much. I Mm -hmm. mean, she taught me about intuitive eating Mm -hmm. and so much other stuff. But um, but yeah, so it's good to like seek support from people who actually know what you're going through. Like medical professionals are great, but it's it's good to get that specific touch. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your own fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some Smalls to my friend in Brooklyn who is fostering kittens, and they took to it right away. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is easy to serve. Yum, yum, yum. Eat it up. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find. But you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order, plus free shipping. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So we got a bunch of DMs about a restriction that you have revealed um, that you kind of still practice where you won't eat the same food group twice in a day. Yes. And I will say, I'm going to reiterate This is something I've gotten so much better at because I purposely check myself. And this is what you got to do if you are suffering from this as well. Um, I didn't even know if anybody would relate to this. Sometimes I I say things and I'm like, I'm going to be real embarrassed if nobody knows what I'm talking about. Did you get a bunch of DMs that people were like, I love to smell my bathing suits too. Okay, actually, no. And that was really fucked up, guys. <laughs> the bathing suit sniffers need to slide in my DMs. No, but like, I smelled mine the last time I took it off because I was like, I, I just want to know what she's going through. Isn't it so nostalgic? Kind of good. Yeah. Yeah. It smells like salt water and beach. I don't um, know if I told you this, but Ben will wear sunscreen sometimes or like before we were dating, he would wear it as like cologne because the nostalgic smell makes people think of summer and happiness or whatever. I 100% believe that. Yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense to me. Like sunblock. People need to get I, I really want to have a personal scent. Mm. And I know I'm getting off topic, but this is something I've been looking for forever. My sister used to wear um it was a, a fragrance by Escada. Stop. Charlotte used to wear Escada too. Sentiment? It was, I, I think it was called Sentiment. It was in a heart-shaped bottle. And it's like an ombre color? No, it was oh, pink. Okay. Charlotte was like a... This is so funny that we have two Escada sisters. No, seriously? Yeah. But that was my sister's signature scent. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. And I really wanted it to be mine. But I was like, that's I can't do that I to her. I the same thing. that I was like, <laughs> I can't do that to her. And then I kept trying to find my own. And yes. like nothing has... Stop. Like, something is like too old lady. Some is too, you know, like that. I would literally my grandmother's perfume or like. So okay, I tried so, it to be Lolita for a little bit. Remember that perfume? Oh, it was called Lolita. Yeah. And then I was like, eh. feels a little uh, <laughs> feels a little weird. Problematic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, but that is a really good alternative is like, what's something that you like the smell of, but it's not actually a perfume. Mm-hmm. Gasoline. <laughs> I just put gasoline on my neck. Grass. <laughs> grass. I'm rubbing grass on my neck. Weed. Um, okay. Let's get to these DMs. Let's get to the DMs. 
Again, thank you for writing to me. Anytime somebody slides into my DMs, I'm just so overcome with joy. But especially when you're agreeing with me. Um, (laughs) Okay, first DM. Had to stop the pod to say I have those same restricted thoughts and rules. Mostly when it comes to carbs, particularly bread. Mm. Like if I have an English muffin for breakfast, I can't have a sandwich for lunch. Mm. Or if I'm having a burger, I tell myself I can't eat the bun. Or I feel bad if I do eat it. It was the same with dairy for a little while, but I was telling myself it was for the, quote, health of my skin because I started getting adult acne. Okay, I mean, I have heard that dairy can cause some people to break out, but also it's good, like, to not make those excuses for yourself and to think, like, what's... Where is this actually coming from? Yeah, because... And I do think that the carb one is going to be very relatable to a lot of people, even who don't do this. Like, your first example was avocados, and it was like... Wait, what? You know, like, yeah, why? But with the carb thing, it's like we have been inundated with like, even though in the beginning of our food education, carbs were at the bottom of the pyramid and it said like you're supposed to eat the most carbs. At some point we got told like carbs are bad for you. And so I think like I I relate to I don't do this anymore. But like if I had um, a sandwich in the morning, it was like no pasta at night. Or, yeah. You know, I, I think it's super relatable. I actually remember being in ninth grade and um, I was in special ed and my, Were you? Spe- I was, I was in resource room because I had ADHD and I had uh, speed processing skills. Okay. Um, compromised. Yeah. Which some of you probably can tell by the, the way I read and talk sometimes, but um, my teacher, my resource room teacher said out loud, like, oh, I, I couldn't eat that for lunch. I think I was eating pasta from the cafeteria. Uh-huh. She said, I could never eat that for lunch because then I can't eat that for dinner. Mm. And that's kind of like my earliest memory of being like, oh, yeah, like you have to plan out your meals. Like you have to think about what am I going to eat for dinner? But really, that is such a disordered thing, in my opinion. Right. Especially if we're going back to eating disordered and disordered eating, what they said about like paleo and what the diet was then, like most times back in the day when we were hunting and gathering, you only had one food group to eat. You know, you had yeah. to eat it over and over again. I'm, I'm rereading Sapiens. And one of the things apparently, a great book, you guys, check it out, History of Humankind. But one of the things they said is that we used to be really into bone marrow because like oh, we weren't big protein. enough to attack animals. And we also, like if a, uh, they gave an example of a giraffe, that if a giraffe was brought down by lions, uh, then you would the people would wait until the hyenas had taken what they wanted from the thing because you're not going to fight with the hyenas. Right. We don't have tools yet. Um, and you would wait until the bone marrow. And so they would eat bone marrow mostly, you know, and... Well, now Gwyneth Paltrow's into the bone broth, you know. It's like uh, we're still into eating bone marrow. She's and- not into eating bone marrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that what bone broth is? It's just a bone boiled down? Yeah, but I think the marrow part is... The sustenance, right? Oh, interesting. So she just likes straight bone. I think. I think. <laughs> so I don't. Do I. I don't know. Um, um, no, but yeah, I think the carb thing is super relatable, and also just going back to the um, the paleo thing, I can't stand it when people like explain why that's a better way to eat. By saying that, by saying like, well, think about what the cavemen ate, yeah, and they survived. It's yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to just survive. No, and I'm definitely not saying like, oh, just eat one thing all the time. But it's like these people got sustenance and they weren't disordered, you know? Right, right. Yeah. um, It's just not, 
it's not productive to worry about repeating a certain food group because if you never repeated a food group, you would just not have enough to eat. Mm -hmm. You would just not have enough to eat. So at the end of the day, you're going to be repeating food groups. It might not be the food group that you want to repeat, but then now we're just splitting hairs. Like now we're just obsessing over things that we don't need to be obsessed about. And it's coming from a place of not wanting to eat too much. Right. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. Yeah. This person says, fully relate to what you shared in the most recent DST. My boyfriend always busts my chops because if I have a banana in the morning, I feel weird about having a smoothie with a banana later in the day. That Yeah, 100%. Same thing with nuts. Like multiple almond snacks won't usually happen for me in one day. Or if it does, I feel weird. Yeah. I think I mentioned the nuts, like mm-hmm. almond butter and then and then almonds or like granola or whatever like that that used to weird me out Mm -hmm. he calls it leftovers from the ed and 100 is leftovers from from your ed Mm -hmm. and it's so funny how it could even be a banana like Mm -hmm. it could even be something that we all agree is a whole food you Mm -hmm. know like it's it's just crazy how it carries over Guys, as many of you know, I've been on an alcohol-free journey. Please don't hold it against me that I just said journey, but I have. And one thing that I've really missed on this journey is beer. But now with Athletic Brewing, I'm able to get that delicious beer-like taste in my mouth without any of the alcohol. It's amazing. Just so you guys know, I used to love sours. I'm a big sour drinker and I really miss that taste. And now I don't have to miss out on it. It's amazing. Whether you're trying to cut back or you just want to explore a non-alcoholic alternative, Athletic Brewing is often a game changer. They offer a variety of different full-flavored brews with no alcohol allowing you to sip and celebrate anytime and anywhere. Do you like hazy IPAs, sweet fruity sours? Now you can enjoy this style without the hangover the next day. They offer hassle-free delivery right to your door when you order at athleticbrewing.com. Athletic brews bevs you can drink anytime, anywhere and still go right back to whatever you were doing. It's a great fit for parenting, playing sports, watching sports, doing chores, late nights and early mornings so you can imbibe without worry. Try Athletic Brewing non-alcoholic beers for yourself. Use code DST to get 15% off your first order at athleticbrewing.com. That's code DST at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Okay, this listener says, I'm in recovery from a nine-year battle with an eating disorder and I wanted to validate your rule about not eating the same thing twice in one day. I've been there and sometimes laugh at myself to think about the thought process that would go into deciding what to eat based on what's off the table for that day. My favorite form of rebellion was to purposely eat the same foods twice in a row, Mm -hmm. i.e. breakfast and lunch. And soon enough, it wasn't something I would think about. Yeah, I, I think like the only way to break it is just to do it. Like the only way to break it is to say like, I had avocado this morning. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. I'm having guacamole for yeah. lunch or whatever it is. Um, Exposure therapy and recognize that you survive after. Yeah, this. So my therapist that I used to see, the one that I found through the EDRC, she did um, CBT mm-hmm. on me, cognitive behavioral therapy. And that's kind of what it's all about. It's about doing the behavior. And then by doing the behavior over and over again and realizing that you don't burst into flames when mm-hmm. you do that behavior, you stop fearing that yeah. behavior. Yeah. This listener says, 
I totally relate to your food repetition quirk. In my eating disorder days, I was so black and white that I went from only eating the same things over and over again to exactly what you talked about. Yeah, that's true. It could go the other way where you just eat the same things over and over and over again. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, you know, I still kind of have that. And I, I think it's okay to a certain point, just not if it's like there are only 10 foods that I am allowed to eat. Because that, that's when you start crossing over into like, that's that's not too great. I think my rebellious brain was like, oh, you're telling me I can't eat the same things for every meal? Fine, then I'll just not eat the same things ever. Mwahahaha. <laughs> Um, they think, they think it was also a little of my OCD, just trying to further control my food and behaviors around it. So it almost became a game to me. Who knows? Now it's a bit better, but I still have trouble with it, especially animal products. Yeah. So I guess this person doesn't want to eat meat Mm -hmm. or dairy twice in one day. I think that's common. Um, I also- But they're working through it. But they're working through it. Yeah. Yeah. I also have the only one food per category per day syndrome. I would never eat avocado toast and then guacamole, yeah. trail mix and then later a PB&J, yogurt and smoothie and then cottage cheese. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny, but as I'm reading it out, I'm like, it's ridiculous. Like mm. it's, it's ridiculous. It's not based in anything. It's just trying to cut out what you can't eat yeah. for the rest. Of, it's an excuse. And not and and it's fearing eating too much of something. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it boils down to. But um, even somebody being like, it's a quirk. And it's like, no, it like it is quirky. Yeah. But it is a restriction as well. Totally. This is interesting. She says mine stems specifically from following the 21 day fix beach body diet about a decade ago that provided everyone with about 10 different colored and size containers. Mm. On this diet, you were permitted one food per category. Like the small orange container was for your nut category. The medium yellow was for your carbs, rice, oatmeal, etc. Smallish blue was for fats, avocado or hummus or cheese. She capitalized or, so I guess it's either or. Mm -hmm. I think this rewired me into genuinely thinking you shouldn't repeat foods in one day to be healthy. Yeah. Though, thank God I got past only eating avocado or hummus in a day. I know. Also, how sad is that? Like, the summertime, the avocados are ripe. Yeah. We shouldn't disrespect avocados like that. That's so disrespectful. (laughs) We're only here for a little. I know. No. Yeah. I mean, those were all the DMs. Yeah, and I found this thing when I was looking at the site for eating disorder versus not disordered eating, um, which I was like, Emily, have you heard about this thing? And she was like, no. And I was yeah. like, whoa. So it is called ARFID, and it stands for Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. And they describe it sometimes known as selective eating disorder. It is an illness affecting eating or feeding behaviors that can significantly impact a person's physical and mental health. Those who struggle with this disorder are typically unable to meet their body's nutritional or energy needs caused by a refusal to eat food or a tendency to avoid certain types of food. People with ARFID tend to have a lack of interest in eating or food in general. Def not me. If you struggle with ARFID, you may find yourself avoiding foods based on textures, smells, or other sensory characteristics. Some individuals with ARFID may show concern or be obsessive about the consequences of eating certain foods, which are unrelated to their body image or weight. If you're Mm. struggling with avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, it's important to know that you are not alone. So when you sent this to me, 
I, one, I was taken aback because I, I feel like there are new eating disorders that mm-hmm. I discover. Like there's so many more than just anorexia, bulimia, and binge eating. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm discovering new ones all the time. But also, I feel like my brother might have a version of this. Because I, I mean, I've mentioned him before. He's like an extremely picky eater. Mm-hmm. Only eats one kind of vegetable. Um, basically like only steak and like starches. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not very adventurous with his food and a lot of it is sensory and like not just the way food tastes, but like the way that it feels in his mouth and like he he can't, it would be as if, like I'm scared of spiders, it would be as if you gave me a clump of spiders and told me to eat it. Like Uh the the expression on his face is one of pure disgust, fear and anguish Uh when he eats something that he doesn't like or, or that he is fearful of yeah and i think like a lot of us are textury eaters you know yeah. like and you can be into different textures like i know i love specific textures or i'll avoid things if they have tendons in that you know like yeah i think that's okay and i do i'm i'm sure a lot of people do fall into this um but it sounds again like something that should be diagnosed for sure And treated with a professional. And I also think that if you have this, you're avoiding food, but it's a lot of it is subconscious. Like, I I think you might not realize that it's restrictive. You might just be like, well, I find that gross. I don't want to eat it. It's gross. Um, So... Which is fine. You're allowed to have opinions on different foods. Oh, yeah, totally. But that's... That might be another reason why we hadn't heard of this one, mm-hmm. because probably not a lot of people get diagnosed with it because they, they don't just, know what's going on. Yeah, they just think they're picky eaters. Yeah, and I, I thought it was really interesting too that it was like it has nothing to do with what their body looks like. Right. Yeah. It uh, the, the this world is wild. I'm constantly learning new things. Mm-hmm. This seems like it would be a really difficult one to to have just because like. What are you going to do if you find something gross? Like, I don't know if there's a um, a plan of action. Maybe exposure therapy. I don't know. Because we're not the professionals. But I do think, like, if this sounds like you, like, and you would like to make a change or you think that your life requires a change to feel a little better, definitely seek somebody out. Totally. Totally. But if you're like me and you just feel weird repeating a food group to- twice in one day, I would say force it like fake it till you make it and if you can't force it maybe therapy again true well therapy regardless yes like therapy for everyone and I don't have a therapist right now but I need one she's looking for one I'm looking for one actively also if you're a therapist slide in my DMs (laughs) (laughs) this is how I find my therapy I find out about new eating disorders I I mean I'm learning new things constantly and that's it for today's episode be sure to send your questions to dst at betches.com to get them answered. Yeah. And follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. If you had any questions, let us know. If you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.betches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And then, of course, follow me at Remy Casimir. Follow me at Lubination. And remember, no matter what, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com 
or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. Betches.